You're listening to the podcast of Williamsburg Christian Church, a community of faith joining God's pursuit of restoring lives. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast. Um, This morning, we are blessed to have Dr. Aaron Griffith with us. He is a professor of philosophy at William & Mary, and um, he is going to share with us on week four of Advent, the the week of love. So, Aaron, welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Good morning, everyone. Hi. Hi. Like Natalie said, I'm a professor at the college. my comfort zone is the classroom, not this. This is new. This is different for me. Uh, um, but anyway, I'm really happy and pleased to be here um, delivering this word on the fourth Sunday of Advent. Right? The theme, of course, is love. We, all, we know. We just lit the candle. Um, so I want to talk about kind of the nature of love and then how we should think about it during the time of Advent. So I think most of you know that in the Greek, there's at least three terms that get translated as love, right? So you've got them up here. So philia, I think we're, we're familiar with. It's the sort of love that people who have a, a kind of affectionate bonds have with each other, brothers and sisters, deep friends, right? And what's interesting about philia love is that I love you and you love me, and I love you because you love me, right? And, and vice versa. So there's something in you that I, I see that I love, and I also love that you love me, right? It's kind of complex like that. The next kind of love, though, is eros, which is a kind of erotic love or desirous love. And in this sort of love, there's something in the person or the object that we're attracted to that draws our desire out. But what I want to focus on, of course, is agape. This is the sort of love that God has for us, the sort of divine, unconditional love. And I think this is, this is by far the most unnatural sort of love for us. It's so difficult to both grasp and practice for us. But in agape love, the object of love is not necessarily worthy in itself. And that's the case with us. God loves us in an unmerited sort of way. We don't deserve that love, yet God still loves us. Right? Not only is it unmerited and undeserved, I mean, Romans 5 tells us that We were enemies of God, and yet God still loved us, and God still sought us out to redeem us. So the Bible says that God's love shown to us ought to propel us to love one another, right? That's the real reason. I love others. I love you all because God loves them. So 1 John 4.19 says, we love because he first loved us. So we receive grace, we receive mercy, dignity and worth first, and only on the basis of that can we then extend it to others. Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. gave a a sermon called Loving Your Enemies that I think has some really instructive and beautiful ideas. So he says this, he says, agape is something of the understanding, creative, redemptive, goodwill for all men. It's a love that seeks nothing in return. It's an overflowing love. It's what theologians call the love of God working in the lives of men. And when you rise to love on this level, you begin to love men. Not because they are likable, but because God loves them. You look at every man and you see him, and you love him because you know that God loves him. He might be the worst person you've ever seen. <laughs> right? That's the kicker right there. You know, 
even when it's just completely unlovable, people who frustrate us so much, we love because God loves, God loves them. The Bible also tells us that agape is, is the greatest of the spiritual virtues. It's greater than faith. It's greater than hope. And so you might wonder, how, how could that be? Aren't these all good things to have? And they are, but I think there's at least three reasons why love is considered the highest. The first is that love is enduring. It never ends. Right? It's the very love that God has within the person of the Trinity. Right? So it just doesn't stop. It's this ceaseless flow. Now, with faith and hope, right, loyalty and expectant waiting, those things can fade, right? Those are states of our minds and our hearts that we might be committed to, but they might have a limit, too. So these things can be temporary, whereas love is enduring. I mean, the second part of the answer, though, is that faith and hope are worth very little without love, right? Think of what faith is without love. Something like dogma, something like, basic religious practice, empty religious practice, something like that. Hope without love is perhaps just some sort of expectation for the future, wishful thinking that's not rooted in reality, right? Love is what makes those things so virtuous, right, when it infuses it. And the third part of the answer, I think, of why love is the greatest is that uh, faith and hope are, are kind of Parts of us, you know, as individuals, we have faith, we have hope. Yet, um, love is externally directed, right? So faith and hope are good for us as individuals, but love is what binds us together in a community. So agape, I think, takes on new significance in Advent. We know this. We know that Advent is the, uh, a time where we wait for the arrival of Jesus, right? Emmanuel, God with us. And Advent, you know, the coming of Christ in Advent is, right, the highest expression of agape love, right? Christ comes to be with us in our muck and mire, in our sin. He lives with us, he suffers with us, and then dies like we will die. But I also think that agape and Advent are connected in another way that I want to think through here. It seems that one basic feature about human beings is that we uh, are kind of characterized by waiting and expectation, right? Our lives are kind of structured this way. So we, we look forward to something good happening, right? The weekend, the end of the workday, uh, the next phase of life, whatever, right? But sometimes we wait in anxiety and fear, right? We wait for, wait for those test, to, test results to come back. We wait for pain to cease. We wait for the end of a, of a difficult relationship, right? So I think that our, our lives, are what it is to be a human is in part to have this expectation towards the future. Even when we fixate on the past, as we so often do, we're really hoping that the future is not like the past, that we can somehow live down our, our past. So we are the sort of creatures that look towards the future, project towards the future. And for Christians, Advent is the most poignant time of this waiting. It's where waiting and expectation become a theme for us, right? A focus for us. So the old hymn, right, that we sing each year, the hope and fears of all the years is met in thee tonight. Right? That's, that's Advent for us. Advent is a time where we wait, we prepare for God's entry into the world, but it also 
propels us forward to God's second coming, right, in Christ, the coming of the kingdom, and ultimately the renewal of all creation. So our lives are waiting, right? That's just what it is to be human. And this is what makes agape so tough for us, right? We're not yet renewed. We still suffer. Our relationships are still broken. We're still alienated from each other. We're alienated from God. We're alienated from creation. And so that just raises this basic question of what it is to be human. How do we love one another in this here but not yet reality? How do we love broken people, including ourselves? How do we love anyone when all the structures of our, our social world militate against it, producing strife and isolation? Again, Advent makes a theme of this for us, right? It highlights our predicament as struggling to love in the waiting. For anyone who's walked with and loved a person facing addiction, you know this is so difficult. You know the, the hardness of this. Um, we wonder, you know, whether they'll change, whether they'll break the bonds of the addiction. We don't always know what's going to help. We don't know if something's going to hurt. For anyone facing an uncertain future, which I take it as all of us, um, right? What are you going to do after school? What's your career going to be? Um, you wonder, you know, how you're going to pay the bills or what your next job is going to be. Right? You know how hard the waiting is. The uncertainty just makes it difficult to have peace. And we're drawn to this temptation to grasp and to hoard and to get what's mine, right? At WCC, we say the Advent Confession each week, right? It draws our attention to the difficulty of waiting. We get this massive list of people waiting on God, Sarah, Moses, Israelite, Israel, the prophets, Mary and John the Baptist, and even Jesus himself is said to wait, and it's, it's not pleasant for these people, right? Uh, there's so much uncertainty, I mean, there's, you know, at the brink of despair for so many of them. So the tension in the waiting is the awareness that things are not as they should be, right? We know that God has something better for us than the way the world is at the, at the present. So again, this is why agape is so, so tough for us, is in the waiting. Now, as Christians, we have a deep commitment, a deep hope that this is not the last word, right? And that hope is rooted in the fact that God made the first move, right, in seeking us out. So we've got the two of the classic texts up here. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Romans 5 says God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And in the incarnation, Christ coming to us to become a human, God shows us love, right? Shows us this kind of radical, self-giving love, right? We are the objects of his love in this case. And then in the life and death of Jesus, we get an example of what this love looks like. When we ask, what does God want us to do? We look to Jesus, right, as a model, an exemplar of this sort of agape. And finally, Christ in, in coming and sending the Spirit enables us to love one another, makes it possible to have this sort of attitude towards one another. So in other words, God shows us love, God exemplifies love to us, but also enables us to love one another. And God knows how difficult, if not well, really impossible, agape is for us, left to our own devices. Right? That's why God does come to us and bridges the gap, right? By showing us, exemplifying 
love and then enabling us to love ourselves. And it's really this divine agape, this, this sort of love that will overcome the alienation, ultimately usher in the kingdom of God. When Luke's gospel talks about the kingdom of God being within you, I think at least one thing that, that's meant by that is saying that God has enabled us to love by seeing the image of God in others. Right? So God has like given us an ability to do something we couldn't have done otherwise. Uh, some of you know this, but when my daughter Elle uh, was born, she was born at 23 weeks gestation, which is very, very early. Um, she and her twin sister, who didn't survive, uh, were just one pound, three ounces each when they were born. They were really like no bigger than a can of soda. Um, we spent four months in the NICU with Elle, uh, just going through the up and down, the roller coasters of that experience. And it was our community of family and friends uh, and some truly saintly doctors, nurses, social workers, and uh, chaplains who came around us. And they su supported us when we just couldn't. We couldn't support ourselves, couldn't take care of ourselves. And that, that to me is what agape looks like, right? That was on the ground work that that community did for us and with us. And isn't that the point of the church? I mean, isn't that the point of the church to be around people in that time, right? Yeah. Now, God knows, again, how hard agape is for us. Um, God knows our tendency, right, to love those who are like us, right, to love those who have our political views or um, cultural persuasions, whatever. But Jesus calls us out on this, right? Jesus says, if you love like those who love you, uh, sorry, if you love those who love you, what credit's that to you? For even sinners love those who love them, right? It's like, don't praise yourself because you love people that are just like you that you find it easy to love, right? Anyone can do that. That takes no special virtue. So what is hard about agape love and what it de demands is that we love those we don't like, right? Those who are annoyed by, those who are, quote-unquote, part of the problem that we see in our society. And God knows, and Jesus was a, a keen observer of, a, of human psychology, he understood the, the tendency towards mutual destruction that we had. Right? You hit me, I hit you, it just cycles back and forth. Right? Violence and hatred are cyclical for human beings. Abused victims sometimes become abusers themselves. Oppressed people become oppressors themselves. Right? Again, I have another quote from King Sermon, Loving Your Enemy, which I think is, is helpful. He says this, Love is creative, understanding goodwill for all men. It's the refusal to defeat any individual. When you rise to the level of love, of its great beauty and power, you seek only to defeat evil systems. Individuals who happen to be caught up in that system, you love, but you seek to defeat the system. So our condition as Christians is, again, one of loving in the waiting. That is, we exist in a broken world, but one that's being made new. Right? We see through a glass darkly, as Paul says, but we'll see clearly soon. In our lives together at WCC in Williamsburg, challenge us to love in the waiting time. Right? Again, Advent makes that a theme for us. It makes it a, something that we uh, focus on. Jesus in his coming has shown us love, has loved us, 
exemplifies love for us, and then enables us to go out and love. So in waiting for his arrival, in the waiting of the, the coming of the kingdom, God loves us and then asks us to go and then love, love one another like that. And we can practice this sort of love by coming to the table. So if uh, Jason, you come on up. As we partake in the body and the blood of Christ, we can come together as a community in the body of Christ bound by this agape love. So let's come to the table and let's love in the waiting. You're listening to the podcast of Williamsburg Christian Church, a community of faith joining God's pursuit of restoring lives. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast.